0: check out spiritpod.net where you can check out Positive Minds Only Podcasts and other spiritual podcasts. So not only can you get my perspective on things, but other people's as well. Go log in right now. Subscribe. Do it. You know what you got to do. You're now listening to Positive Minds Only Podcasts. what's up it's your host ken kenneth or kenny and this is positive minds only podcast today we're back with another episode of positive minds only podcast and today we also have a special guest his name is eric thompson and not only is he a comedian he's a magician he's so many other things, but those are his <laughs> main like main titles that I've seen that he goes by. He's also the creator of Million Miles, Million Smiles, or is it Million Smiles, Million Miles? Uh, million Miles, Million Smiles. So I had it right. And yes, sir. That's all about uh, combating hunger and poverty around the world. And this man, or this guy's. Uh, just his all the work he's done is is amazing just from from my perspective and i know a lot of other people's perspectives so uh we're gonna let you talk about yourself a little bit and then i'm gonna ask some questions well I, I, I can actually start this conversation by asking who is eric thompson
1: Ooh! wow this is this could be the deep uncovering of uh of a, a new persona yeah, hey, Kenneth, it's fun to be here. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you invited me. Thank you. you um, I am uh, first and foremost. I'm the husband of Sue, and I'm the father of three and grandfather of six. Um, in addition to those full time positions, I, I own and operate a full time a full-time, a, a, floor, a carpet and floor covering store in Warren, Ohio. Warren's in Northeast Ohio near Youngstown. And I, um, I'm a, also a full-time comedian magician. So I, I, I'm in my office almost every day when I'm not touring. And um, I tour most weekends, uh, about, about 60 to 80 dates a year.
0: That's, yeah, that's a lot of work and a lot of touring. <laughs> and mm-hmm. How long have you been doing a uh, comedian and uh, being a magician?
1: Well, this year is 2020. This is my 40th year. Of uh, of since I turned professional,
0: forty years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a started whole this in years.
1: nineteen yeah nineteen eighty.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a whole ten years <laughs> of life that I had I unaccounted for. <laughs>
1: Well, I started earlier, you know.
0: <laughs> so what made you want to become a, a comedian slash magician or which one was it first? Was it you? The well, main? it
1: was it, it, I was always interested in magic. Yeah, I think every little boy when he's nine, 10, 11, 12 years old wants to be a magician with rare exception. That's true. Yeah. Most little girls too go through that phase. Some of us just didn't grow out of it. So I'd, been, I'd buy all the, 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 the books from my school, the book uh, book selling program, fundraiser things. I'd go to the library and get books on magic and just read these books and put on magic shows for kids in the neighborhood or my parents, grandparents. Uh, sometimes I'd line up all my stuffed animals and do a show for them. Um, you know, just, just always wanted to perform. And I've always had a really keen sense of humor and never grew out of that either. so. Yeah got me in trouble a lot, but it uh, it has paid off in the end.
0: Yeah, it seemed like it got you a lot further than the trouble it got you in. So.
1: Yes, yes. You know, like, I, I managed to stay out of prison, yes.
0: That's always great. <laughs> uh, so that uh, comes to my next question. After 40 years, what actually drives you con- to continue to do what you do? Like, oh,
1: Kenneth, there is nothing. No, there is no drug. There's no emotion. There's no there's no nothing that, that that feels as good as standing in front of a group of people and sharing joy and laughter there's there, there's nothing it's indescribable just stand up there it. and get that adulation and and you know that feeds your ego and and it also it feeds your soul because you know you're helping people yeah. anytime you can get a group of folks to laugh you're uh, you're on the right track
0: exactly I, and i haven't done it in front of people but i uh my journey i see myself becoming a, a speaker or inspirational speaker or motivation but right as of now i'm just behind my like tucked away just doing this podcast on my own so i haven't really got a chance to get in front of people But i do and like you said it's a feeling that you don't get anywhere else and what in, okay so like i said who are some of your inspirations growing up as a child when
2: i when i was in uh junior high, high school it's around 1974, 75. That's when Saturday Night Live began. So I got to see those guys and they were all the rage. They had they had no rules and they were they were killer funny. And prior to that it was just guys that I would sneak and stay up late and watch on the Johnny Carson show, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Yeah. I would see David Brenner, Buddy Hackett, um, Steve Martin, George Carlin, Richard Pryor and, and those guys were Uh, You know, I'm watching these guys do five, six-minute routines. I thought that's what a comedian did. And so I would remember those jokes and tell them in school the next day. And I loved being the center of attention and the life of the party. And and again, it centers around laughter. Exactly. So those were my inspirations. Then when I I finally managed to get some stage time, uh, right around the time I graduated high school, which was 1980... That's when the comedy boom hit. That's when comedy clubs were growing, just they were popping up everywhere. HBO was a thing. Um, it, uh, it, 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 was, it was just gold. It was so much opportunity. It was like the California gold rush of comedy.
0: Yeah, perfect There, was, there, were, there, were, there,
2: there were more comedy clubs than there were comedians.
0: Yeah, I can understand Well, I didn't grow up in the 80s, but I kind of understand because uh, with my podcast right now, it seemed to be a boom and everybody's doing podcasts. And at first, I didn't really pay attention to podcasts. This really wasn't even my plan. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew I wanted to be successful at something. And I had to look and see what, what my gifts were. And speaking was one of those gifts. So. Uh, I was hearing about podcasts for a long time. Then I started watching Joe Rogan and uh, Mike Tyson have podcasts. So I'm like, well, I
2: can. Oh do yeah.
0: I mean, like, I can do what they're doing. And once I started doing, I, I haven't looked back. It's actually been my most consistent thing I've done since I've been in the military. So everything else, like, I tried it, but then it didn't work out. But this podcast has literally been the most consistent thing. And the crazy part about it is, I'm not even getting paid to do this. Like, I don't get paid to do this podcast. But I've been more consistent at it than anything else. And it's not. But if
2: you love what you do and you keep doing it, the money will
0: follow. Exactly. That's that's what I kind of live by. Uh, If you do what you love to do, eventually it's going to catch up. Uh, Because Earl Night, I learned that from Earl Nightingale, Napoleon Hill. Uh, yep. Jim Rome, people like that, so I'm like I've I've read those books, those are the books that I really studied upon of what it takes to be successful so, uh, I know I'm on the right path, and like I said it's gotten me to the, uh, having a conversation with you, so, obviously I'm doing something right, and well, we're having fun, sure, exactly and I, 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 like I said, I love to talk, so it's good you learn what you want to do at a younger age me, I kind of <laughs> I had to grow up, I had to endure life, I had to go through so much and then I fi- I finally figured it out in 2000 uh 2 years ago basically. So
2: everyone is chasing something. Some people just don't know what they're chasing.
0: And that's what it was for me like I knew I was chasing something, I just didn't know what it was because my I have two brothers. One is has almost 8 million subscribers on YouTube and the other one has over a million. So I, oh thought I, I, wow. yeah, I thought I was going to do YouTube, but I just I wasn't committed to it, and it wasn't something that I uh, was comfortable doing. And once I started my podcast, I get, I get to be as most as personal as I can. I can talk about what really feels. I mean, I really feel like talking, and as long as I'm being honest, somebody's going to connect with the message, and eventually, it's going to grow to where my brothers are. So, yeah, cool also another question that i had uh i know you said you had three children and grandkids has any of your children decided to do what you did or did that? have you influenced your children in any of the- my kids now my
2: kids have a great sense of humor um none of them have had a desire to be on stage um matter of fact for the most part they're not not quite introverted, but they are a little bit uh, quiet, shy, they keep to themselves.
0: That's how I. Um, am.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're kind of mild mannered, low key. My my of my grandchildren, though, I think uh, I've got each of my children has a boy and a girl. So, the, and they're they're all the
0: same ages too. They're all there's two eleven year olds, there's two seven year olds, and there's two three year olds. Oh, that's
2: that's the nice. the eleven year olds are both. They're, they're kind of, one you know, they like to do plays at school and they're in the band and, you know, they sit and sit with the, with the band on stage and perform or a choir. Um, you know, they're a little bit, little bit outgoing in that way. The seven-year-olds, uh, both both are interested in magic and they both like it and they kind of want to do it. One, one a little bit more than the other uh, really wants to perform and tries to learn things and... Goes to magic shops and always wants to watch magic videos and read magic books and all that. So, mm-hmm. and the three year old, who knows?
0: Who knows? Yeah, they still got that. <laughs> well, yeah, that. Well, my, my two year old, I have a two year old who's my youngest, my daughter. She wants to be the president. So, hey, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I told I'm like because now the way I grew up the way I was raised uh, I didn't really have the opportunity to see anybody who was successful to come from where I'm from well Michael Jackson but that's one in a million or one in a billion. Yeah, million, oh, so. that's
2: one in a
0: billion yeah, yeah so uh, I didn't really look up to him anyway so as far as uh, influences I really didn't have any influence as my father wasn't there as well I was raised by my grandmother and my great-grandmother But they taught me uh, everything that I needed to know. But they didn't—they weren't my influence. They didn't influence me in any type of way. So I had rappers, and I couldn't rap. So I'm not a rapper. So I couldn't do rap. I I wasn't into. Yeah, that makes it tough. Yeah, I wasn't into. I'm not tall enough to play basketball, so that cut it out. And like I wasn't into doing illegal stuff. So that was like another thing. So all I had was my mentality in my mind. I always uh, I was always the smart kid in school. I was always the the quiet one, the shy one, and it always worked out for me. Even when I went into the Marines that worked out for me. But once I got to life (laughs) yeah, once I made it out, of, got out the Marines and life hit me. That's when I had to start over. I had to learn who I was, what were my gifts and my talents. Because for a few years after I got out the Marines, I was failing in life. And I had to make a change because I have children. I have six children. And I'm like, I didn't have six at the time. You have, but...
2: you have six children?
0: Yes, I have six. Oh, my. But at the, when I got out the military, I didn't have six at the time. I only had four. So.
2: but That's a lot. that's, a, that's a, You need two cars.
0: That's I do. Oh, yeah. car yeah. <laughs> exactly. I definitely do. But, uh,. It's working out for me so far and like i said uh i'm on my journey to my success so i know all the sacrifices that i have to make like i know it's for a reason and hopefully (laughs) not only can my daughter become the president but my other children can become whatever it is that they want like i'll never put nothing on them and say that they should do anything it's going to be all about what they want that's why I kind of asked, did your children, did, did they want to follow in your path or were they doing what they want to do? No, they're
2: doing what they want to do. And they are three completely different things. One of my kids is uh, in, into finance and in banking. Um, uh, my, my, that's my oldest daughter, my, my son in the middle. He's, uh, he's a paramedic in, in Cleveland, Ohio. And my youngest daughter uh, works for a small, um, a small retail store and um, you know they are three completely different levels of education three completely different goals in life Um, you know my youngest while all three of them are parents my youngest really enjoys being a mom and put that ahead of career where my oldest has the career I mean she loves being a mom also but her career is also very important so you know just just different goals different uh,
0: and that's great um, because it's a balance different perspectives yeah it's a balance yeah and I'm pretty sure it's not it's not about the competing who's doing better. As long as they happy and they doing what they love, that's all that matters. Right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, also on your uh, website, I checked out your website and I seen the list of comedians you work with, and it it, it kind of blew my mind. All the people that you work with, and it seemed like it was kind of casual to you because. At the com- almost bottom of your list, you had Jim Carrey, and I'm like Jim Carrey is one of my favorite uh, comedians. <laughs> well, in. Not, they're,
2: they're in no particular order. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, they're in no order. I mean, you know, some of the guys. Jim Carrey was was um, Jim Carrey had just started on uh, in Living Color. I think oh. they were there were one or two episodes into the show when I when I was already booked to work with him. Oh, so he had gotten the in to headline a comedy club. He was just this young Canadian comedian that nobody had ever heard of, That's... and in Living Color just exploded on the scenes with the Wayne brothers, and you know he, he, so he sold out the comedy club, and I just happened to be the MC at the comedy club that weekend, so. That, that worked out really well um you know working with
0: guys like jay leno yeah was that's a huge I was influence and again that was that was before he was the permanent host of the tonight show he had been a guest host a few times um
2: and that was in the uh, in the 80s and then again in the 2000s i worked with him after the tonight show and and guys like like david brenner and dick gregory dick gregory was that was huge for me
0: you want to um, know what's funny the three guys that you, uh, or the other two guys that you named, those who I was gonna ask about, Jay Leno and Dick Gregory. Like I literally yeah. had those in one mind. And it, of course, you're not even naming uh, the multiple others like Sinbad or Drew Carey. Like there were so many other uh, comedians that I couldn't name, but I actually put Dick Gregory, Jay Leno, and Jim carey and those are the ones that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Dick Gregory
2: for me, and I'll and I'll tell you this: this is, when, when I found out I was gonna I was gonna be, share a stage with him, I, I went and bought a first edition of his book, and you know to sit at, at, at a at a table with him and eat, you know to share a meal with him and listen to the stories that he shared. Uh, that's an experience i will never never forget you know he was on the front lines of the civil rights movement yeah. uh, he was a little more radical a little more a little more up in arms than uh than, than dr martin luther king um yeah you know but he, but man, he was there and the stories just the stories just phenomenal yeah it's just, uh, just a, a stu- being a student of history um you know, I, I try, when, I, when I'm going to meet someone that, that's, that's out there in the public and that, that's pretty well known, I try to do a little bit of research on them prior to working with them so that when we do have a conversation, I can ask them questions that other people do not ask them. Yeah. For example, when I, when I opened for uh, Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary and, and had a chance to meet and sit with him, you know, everybody wants to ask him if the, the song Puff the Magic Dragon is about marijuana. Every single, all day long. That's all people ask him. Well, I didn't want to talk to him about that because,
0: for frankly, I, I can I could hear that answer in any other interview. Exactly.
2: What I, what I what I said to him was, "What was it like leading the march on Washington when Dr. Martin Luther King was speaking, and you're sitting up on the on the on the stage with him, and then you and and uh, uh, Paul Paul and Mary." stand up and sing we shall overcome and you led a billion people in singing we shall overcome that day what was that like exactly and to hear the answer and and then spark that whole conversation and by the end of the conversation he was he was you know we were we were it was it was moments that both of us neither of us will ever forget
0: Yes, because that's something you don't expect, and when it when you're not expecting something that can turn out to be so powerful just in the conversation, you'll always remember that. That's why, uh, like I said, when I had to do my research and for it, because I'm like, there's so much that that you've done, and I know in my last in, uh, interview I didn't do that much research, and I kind of felt it. So I'm like, I'm not gonna mess up this time. Like, <laughs> and, and I'm well, glad.
2: There, hey, Leto. Jay Leno was staying at the, at the, the uh, comedy club where we worked together in the '80s. Was in a hotel, so he had a room at that hotel. And after the show, we went back to his room, and we were just hanging out, sitting there, you know, writing. And I'm John. And I, I was 22 or something, 21, and, and I said to him, you know, what? i 19, 19, 19, 19, 19 or 20, and, and I. He said, "Tell me about yourself. What do you do?" You know, already. This is years before he was the, the permanent host of The Tonight Show, but he was already interviewing me. And having that natural curiosity makes, makes him grow and makes everyone around him grow. So when he asked me what else I did, I, I was at that time just doing comedy. I said, you know, i do magic and just, you know, a little sleight of hand stuff. He said, why don't you do that in your act? And I said, because it's a comedy club, it's not a magic club, it's comedy. He said, Eric, there are hundreds and hundreds of working comedians in this country, and there are dozens and dozens of magicians, but there are very few, probably less than a dozen comedians that do magic and magicians that do comedy. You would be in a very, very tight spot, but a very unique position to be something to everybody. And I thought about that, and I thought, okay, you know what, I'm gonna add a few magic tricks, and then over the years, I've just added, added, added. Now, you know, now I do a full show that way. The other thing he told me was work clean. And it wasn't a put down, and it wasn't judgmental. But if you work clean, you can work anywhere. If you work vulgar, or or blue, as they call it, you you know, you use the F word a lot, if you use, you know, tell, tell dirty jokes, there's a place for that there's a genre uh, of comedy that, that will find a venue but if you work clean you can work in the clean places and in the dirty places okay. but if you only work dirty you can only work in the dirty places
0: oh wow so i never you, thought of it you, like, i'm learning yeah. something right so now.
2: you open yourself you open yourself up to a payday every weekend instead of every other weekend
0: you know, it's funny. Me and my wife had this conversation, and she was saying, uh, "Slow down on the uh, the, the words, the, uh, the profanity." And when yep. my my mind said, "I'm thinking, I'm saying, uh, well, my words, uh, the profanity doesn't express my. It's only expression. My words, you're gonna hear the words, but when I uh, cuss, it's not because I'm short of words. It's just that's how I've expressed. And be me being in the military, that's all you hear." is custom yeah, you know
2: what you you, you 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 need to know that if you you can use that word to punch up a joke but it has to be pertinent exactly. it has to have meaning because you know as you're writing a joke and the same is true for any speech and, and you know any oral presentation if if you if you write that joke you want to use as few words as possible and make sure every single word matters. Mm. Maybe you can take two or three words out of that sentence and get to the punchline that much more quickly.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. And so actually,
2: if I... you throw vulgarity, if you throw vulgarities in there, that nah, takes you that much longer to get to the punchline. That's true. Oh, yeah, you know, are they That's... necessary? No. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes. But you know,
0: That's not true. always.
2: Watch, That's... watch. Go watch Jerry Seinfeld. Go watch his stand-up. I definitely... there's no swearing at all a, a fi- i would let a five-year-old watch that stuff that's... it doesn't make him any more funny or any less funny than than uh, george carlin or or richard Pryor who used those vulgarities yeah like because you don't it's just a different genre i would let my grandmother watch one but not the other
0: exactly. and that's the difference and which one can you reach more at the end of the day? Like, you, That's right. You're going to be able to reach both because people are not going to... I mean, cl- clown you or talk downing because you're not using profanity. But That's You're right. able just to extend more out because it, it's more freer when you're not like uh, restricting yourself just by words. And I never and, thought and, of and, it. Yeah, I never thought of it that yeah. way. For now. And for real, those,
2: those guys that work blue... Are, you know? I can sit in the back of the club and watch those guys work and go, oh my gosh, that's funny. But the clean guy is going to get is going to get more work and have more opportunity to make money
0: and entertain more audiences than the guy that works blue. I just learned something today. I, every day I wake up, I ask, I say, I want to learn something, and today I, I learned.
2: But
0: it's early enough in the day that you could learn two or three more things exactly <laughs> exactly oh because uh, i'm someone who meditates and when i meditate it's to get knowledge to gain knowledge to open my mind to something that i wasn't open to before and if I, if it was anybody else from my, from where i'm from and used to have a conversation about that then they would try to argue with you or be uh they'll try to make an excuse to why they do things and me it's like if I can learn something because you have over 40 years of experience like I'll be a fool to just dismiss what you're saying and that's anything like that's for anybody and I'm not even in comedy but just for me having a podcast like you said I can reach more people uh, without the, the profanity even though I'm not someone who all day every day just use profanity it's just it, it comes out. Um, but I was having that conversation with my wife and I was I was actually taken into what she was saying because in my last episode I tried not to cuss that much. Maybe I would live but then to have this conversation is just uh confirmation, basically. Basically There you well, go. Yeah, it's just confirmation. Because I already knew the it. other thing <laughs> yeah, the other thing that I can do is 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 use my
2: like this gift this this talent this comedy and magic to help other people too so not just laugh and, and 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 amaze with the magic but but also i can take this as i have to other countries i've done this in 27 different countries and when i go uh and that's what the million miles Million Smiles tour is when, when i go to these other countries i try to line up with uh Missionaries, with orphanages, with uh, uh, nonprofit groups, uh, children's hospitals, that kind of stuff. And I'll go just ask them to just set up as many shows as they can. And the only thing I ask of them is that they provide me a translator and transportation to and from all these shows. Mm-hmm. And that way, I've kind of got a built in tour guide, too. So as we drive along, they'll, they'll be able to tell me, hey, that's the thing over there, or that's, that's the government, or that's, mm-hmm. or that's the museum, or that's the whatever. So I know where I am all the time, and then when I get there, I get to hang out with some of the poorest, most people. oppressed people—oppressed, not depressed. The, 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 the most—they're the, 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 financially uh, unstable, uh, and generally, they're hungry, both in a soul and and in their belly. So, what I do is I take whatever money I would normally use on a vacation like that to buy souvenirs and instead of buying souvenirs I'll go down to their market and this is a place where Americans generally have never been to this market mm-hmm. this is so far removed from the
0: because it's the not the destination that yeah, it's not it's not the destination that you see or that's promoted and that's, that's right that's actually where I wanted to get to uh to your your human, your humanitarian work. And your philanthropy work, because I didn't want to just keep it on the comedy side and the uh, the magic. Uh, because, like I said, you're the full package. Like you're not just doing comedy in the states. You're doing actually to help other people. Uh, and the things that you're doing is not to say, hey, this is what I did just so look at me. You're actually going to make a change, and you are making a change. And that's what's more important at the end of the day. Those people that you're affecting those people that see you and then they got something from it, not just spiritually, but physically or mentally. So. Uh, yeah. And that's what I hope.
2: That's what I hope uh, we can accomplish by doing this. When I go to the markets, I'll, I'll, I'll buy every chicken, every live chicken I can find. And what we do is when I then go to their village and perform that, that evening, everybody, every family that comes to the, to the show gets uh, a, a male and female gets a cock and a hand. And hopefully, as long as Uncle Henry doesn't eat the first two birds, those people will, those families will have meat, eggs, and protein for their family for generations. Because that flock will continue to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually, eventually, Kenneth, they have to... They have to hire their friends and family to help care for the birds because they have so many. Exactly. And then they can take the extra birds and the eggs and sell them at the market to actually make money. So now they now they have food and an income,
0: and, that's what and we're
2: actually solving world hunger and poverty. Problem is we're only doing it like, you know, one family at a time, so it's going to take a while. Okay.
0: it it works. Yeah, you start somewhere and like I said, uh, when I read that in itself, I'm like, he's not just giving money or just giving food. No, he's actually giving them a business, something that they can grow. Yeah, they they can take care of their family and that's something you don't forget. Like That's something you'll always be able to take with you and then those people that you affect, they're going to do that to somebody else because it was done for them.
2: I raise money throughout the year. Every single show well, almost every show that I perform I uh, I have a team of uh, uh, that, that kind of follows me through through a couple of countries and, and shows shows people and families getting these eggs and chickens and, and it also talks about all the people that I've worked with over the over the decades and and there's little snippets of shows from comedy clubs and theaters in there it's, a, it's about a 10 minute video and then also there's a close up magic show where I sit at a table with some friends and we just Laugh and exchange good humor and some cool magic tricks, and then there's a stage show that I do that's a little over an hour long. So there's three three separate programs on this video. I sell those videos. Every dime that I make from those videos goes to buy food for for folks in other countries. That's and frankly, not just other countries, but right here at home as well in in the United States.
0: That's amazing, and <laughs> that's I. I can't wait to where I'm in at that age where I'm able to do things, even though I'm doing what I can do now is just, I know that there's so much more I can do and I just haven't even reached. Uh, I haven't even. Can, I, can
2: I ask you, can I ask you a question about what you just said to me? Yes. Yeah. You can't, you can't wait until you're at that age when you can do that. How old do you have to be to help?
0: <laughs> you don't have to be that old at all. As a matter of fact, there you go. Yeah,
2: yeah. There you go. You could have started that yesterday. That would have been the best time. You know when the second best time is? Today. <laughs> Today. That's right.
0: Yeah. And that's why I said... And hey, uh,
2: listen. Listen. You, you, there are goers. There are people that go and do this stuff. And there are senders. There are people that cannot go. Yeah. You know, my mother... My mother's 80 years old. She can't get on a plane and go to Cuba or West Africa. She can't go to China right now. But you know what she can do? She can. She can give somebody 20 bucks toward their trip
0: exactly she
2: can send people and that's what she's been able to do so you can do that you can go you can you can send you can sell advertising on this podcast and give half of that money to to help to help somebody else's mission
0: yeah that's true and like like i said you know when
2: you're sitting at home with you're sitting at home with all these kids that are young you can't just pick up and
0: you know you can't
2: pick up and go to cuba or china
0: exactly and like you said there's multiple ways to help with it even just speaking about it and like you said the advertisement Yeah. and like I there's no excuse why I haven't been doing it it's just I haven't been like that hasn't been my focus lately and well right now lately sure. I've been on it like uh I've been being selfish I want to say and it's probably because no, I. no no
2: no wait a minute don't be too hard on yourself
0: yeah yeah that's true but and i also have to tell myself don't be hard on myself as well i, I have to tell myself that well and you're
2: you're a father to these children as well you need to spend time with these children too i didn't i didn't do so much traveling when my when my children were little
0: oh, so because they in.
2: needed a dad they needed a little league coach they needed a ride to cheerleading practice they needed you know they needed so i, I was able to build my business and and then build my career And then take a little break when when my kids were young and then jump back on that horse and build it all to where to where I am today
0: that's great and uh, also uh, what are some of the things have you learned from these different cultures like being going to over 20 some different countries uh, what has one of the things that you've learned that's universal not that you just learn but what's something that you notice that's (laughs) around everywhere
2: you know know, it's funny Um, everybody likes magic and and comedy is very difficult to translate <laughs> and and the best way i can explain that to you is if you if you are at work and some really funny thing happens and you go home and you tell your wife mom we, we were laughing i had tears in my eyes and you tell her the story and she looks at you like you're stupid <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's how comedy does not translate the way the way the, the way uh, 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 just regular words translate, it just loses something in the tra- in the translation. So, you know, that's where we are.
0: And how have you learned to uh, overcome that obstacle? Like knowing that that's is not going to translate how it would in America. Like, how does that affect my, you?
2: My improvisational skills, my ability to make a joke out of most any situation which by the way this is the thing that got me in trouble in school that that translating that and making fun of the way somebody says my name in a Spanish in a Latin a uh, Latin country Latin uh, Spanish speaking country um you know my name is Eric they don't say Eric they cannot pronounce the R that way they want a roll the R and they want it to be attic. So it's 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 funny and and it sounds it sounds very corny to say it the way we say it, Eric. As it, when you get there and it's all romantic and beautiful and it's passionate and, and it's just such a there's a world of difference. And I make fun of their name. Their name is hard to say. Mm-hmm. When I was in China I didn't meet a single person that I could pronounce their name. Oh wow! <laughs> so, so know, but, you so. know, you just you just do what it is, and I would say to them, "What is your name?" And they would tell me, and I would say, "All right, look, we're going to call you Joe, or we're going to call you Bob, or Mary, because I can't, I can't say that." And they thought that you know that's funny. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. And then, and then I had the magic to rely on because the magic doesn't even need translating. It's amazing is amazing. Doing the impossible is doing the impossible. That that you not know, need a translator for that
0: and when you're made to do something like you was born to do this no matter what you what's the obstacle you're gonna always be able to uh take care of what you need to take care of uh and and actually improv is one of my favorite uh types of comedies because when you can come up with it out of nowhere out of thin air and make something funny that's when you know you're funny not when you just write it down but when you you go when you when the crowd is not laughing at the jokes that you thought they was going to laugh at but then you're able to flip that like that's when an amazing comedian comes in at and I, that's the sometimes kind sometimes of, the stars sometimes the stars align I mean there are guys that are, that are great comedians great writer comedians
2: George Carlin comes to mind and then there are great guys that are storytellers that can just make it up as they go along or tell a true real life experience and make and have you just doubled over and laughter like Richard Pryor did yeah and, and and you know, and I keep I keep referencing these guys that are dead, but those are the guys that influenced me as a kid.
0: And you know, it's crazy. I was going to ask you a question: uh, What comedian or magician, dead or alive, would you want to work with? Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Oh, I love Steve. Steve I love without without
2: without hesitation, Steve Martin is is a, is a brilliant writer, a, a, a phenomenal speaker. Uh, his timing is impeccable. Um, th- 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 his mind. I could, I could, if I could go on the road for a year with him, I'd do it for free.
0: And you said that I, I know you're honest because you said it without even thinking, like you said. Oh, you know, yeah, our, and you know, I love You know, most was,
2: you know, you know was like that for me with David Brenner. And if, you, if you're not familiar with David Brenner, I, I'm pretty. He was a guest host on the Tonight Show more more than a hundred times more than any other comedian. He had more appearances on The Tonight Show than any other comedian. Look him up.
0: I'm definitely going at, to look him out. He, he,
2: was, he was a Philadelphia kid. Um, made good. And he was he was great. He and Joan Rivers were inseparable. They were best friends. They toured together all the time. And I had the opportunity to work with him at a, a, a club in Pittsburgh in 1980-something, so something, six or something, five, six, and, and he was uh, affable, approachable. Just, just uh, he was charming, and just, just so funny,
0: just so funny. That's just a great guy. And my, one, another question: uh, Why does it seem like uh, when I look at your your biography and all your work, why does it seem like you didn't want to take the Hollywood route? Is that uh, consciously or subconsciously did you choose that?
2: Mm. <laughs> um, I, um, I think I was afraid. I think I needed the stability of a real job with a steady income. Um, I think that's what it was. I was afraid to take the leap. If I knew then what I know today, I'd, pr- I'd, I'd like to think I would have gone, but I probably wouldn't. Because, you know... I have an awesome wife. We've been married almost thirty three years. I have I have a phenomenal family
0: and You wouldn't change that for the if if
2: I, if I t- yeah, if I took a different route I wouldn't have all that. I'd have something else. Maybe I'd be on my third or fourth marriage.
0: Wow, that and a lot of people don't take that into uh, consideration when they go chase their dreams, but at least you know that even if you had it over again like you would do the same thing you did today. Like so, there's no really regrets in it, and
2: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so fortunate in a wife that supports everything I do, everything without hesitation. You know, if I, if I called her right now and said, "Hey, I'm running behind. Can you make a sandwich real quick?" Because then I got to just stop and go. It, 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 it would be waiting for me on a plate by the door. Um, she, I'm so fortunate, so fortunate. You know, she, my magic stuff. You know, all of my equipment. She'll go through and and uh, iron all the scarves and make sure all the ropes are there and make sure everything's in order and pack it all up for me before I go on the road. And she doesn't always go on the road with me once in a while, but she, she takes care of me. I mean, that's, she's nurturing.
0: You can't beat and
2: that I needed that. Yeah, you... So I'm very fortunate to have that.
0: And that's what I have. That's what I my wife is. She's, I can't, I've never met your wife, but it sounds like me and my, I mean, my wife and hers, Cut, cut from the same cloth like she's definitely yeah if
2: you man if you got that bend over backwards you keep it do whatever you have to do make sure you tell her you appreciate her you can't just show her you appreciate it.
0: you got to say it too i mean you got to show it too <laughs> it's both it's a balance but yeah this is a that's a big deal that's amazing knowing like cause I was when I, like I said I seen all the people you work with even from uh, from music from Sly and the Family Stone like yeah I'm that. like you you work with some, uh, some people I'm like why didn't he uh but now I know and that's I, compl-
2: well listen I had a job I had a you know a 9 to 5 sales job and, and I was able to do this on the weekends and do that during the week so I got a paycheck there and I didn't need a paycheck from the entertainment thing I did that for free I got to see Sly and the Family Stone for free I got to see the Spinners perform for free I got to see Kenny Loggins perform for free I got to see Engelbert Humperdinck for free because I could. I was opening for them I got hired to do it. some of those things I got paid to watch oh,
0: so, so you can't beat that
2: how cool is that
0: <laughs> yeah exactly like you live the lifestyle that so many other people just can dream of and like dude you-
2: i i got invited to things events places venues i got invited to stuff that i would never have been invited to had i not been a magician had i not been the comedian you know if i wasn't the entertainer so so you know sometimes you gotta just go do it do it for free yeah. if, if you love what you do and would do it for nothing eventually somebody will make it worth your while to do
0: it exactly and that's that's one of my mottos literally there you go and uh also uh have some questions uh not questions but you went to youngstown state university and kent state uh what made I you i
2: did i went to i went two years at ysu at youngstown state and then i i wanted to transfer to kent state university and i did that
0: so what degree did you get out of that uh
2: Right. Um, I was I started in in uh, criminology and ended it with a with a communications major. I did not graduate though. I left school. That's a regret. There's a regret. I finished my education, but you know you never finish your education. You're, I'm, yeah. I'm at the library a lot. I'm online studying things, reading things, writing things. So you know, but yeah, I did. I was lucky enough to attend Youngstown State University and Kent State University
0: yeah like you said you're right like school just never it never ends even whether it's coming from a diploma or not because i've learned as much in the past two years past three years i've learned more than uh school period and that wasn't even me going to school and it was just about myself about life about who i was uh just the things that i wanted to know because it was a point in time where i wanted to go into hollywood i wanted to I didn't want to be an actor or anything. I just wanted to be a manager or work behind the scenes. But I'm like, well, maybe Hollywood isn't for me uh, because if it was, well, maybe
2: it, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But, but. You know, you have to try everything. Listen, in, in my life, I, you know, some people, but like guys I went to high school with, and I'm still friends with so many people I graduated high school with. And, and you know, this year, like we're planning our 40th high school class reunion right now. So, so you know, I've been friends with these people for, for more than 50 years. Yeah. So, so I, I'm, I'm buddies with a guy who I started playing Little League Baseball with when we were eight or nine. And, and, and we're pushing sixties. So, you know, that's a long time. Yeah. And, and what, what I've learned is the people that went to, uh, you know, one guy went to dental school. He went to college, went to Ohio State, then he went to dental school. He graduated. He's been a dentist. He's been a dentist for 35 years. Well, that's all he's ever done. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But that's all he ever did. This girl was a teacher. She went to college, she got her degree, she moved, and she got a job in a school system, and she's been there for 35 years. I didn't take that route. I had a job every 2 years. Every 2 years I'd switch jobs. I'd go work for another company in sales,
0: every I was in job. marketing. Wow, every year I would switch jobs. Like like and every
2: right until until I owned my own business. And I've been at my own business. I've owned this retail floor covering store for 27 years. Yeah, and and prior to that, I, I worked jobs two, three years at the most. Um, but but in the time that I've been, uh, that I've owned this floor covering store, I've also been an elected city councilman for a couple terms. Yeah, I've been a firefighter right. and a paramedic. I, I've been... You know, I've been I've been a, a number of things. I've coached baseball, and umpired baseball to where I was getting paid for it. I mean, I was a professional
0: umpire at high high school and and youth leagues. I played um, in the youth league. What's that? I said so I played uh, baseball in the youth league. We had the uh, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it was it was the little leagues. I played for T ball. Uh, we did the minor leagues, and then we did the little major leagues. So for three years, yeah. I played. But uh, like I said, I didn't do it in school And I was actually able to play all sports It's just like I was just never that height I was always a short Listen, kid Listen,
2: every single thing I did though I did with deep, overwhelming passion I jumped in with both feet I, I, I umpired baseball long enough And was good enough That I was invited to, to lots of tournaments Lots of postseason stuff Because they wanted somebody who was good yeah. who knew the rules and could call the game and, and who they, they could respect. I didn't get in arguments. People didn't argue with me because you call the game the way you call the game. I ended up I, I was inducted in I think it was in 2000 2000 or 2001 t- I think it was the year 2000 I was inducted into the American Youth Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. Wow. So, <laughs> you know, you get, the, you get some pretty cool opportunities and I get invited to things and get to get to participate in things that that I would never have I would never get without all of these experiences and all of those experiences translate on stage because when a guy tells me you know when I when I do an improv and I ask somebody in the audience what they do for a living chances ah, are pretty good I know something about that industry
0: exactly.
2: because I've been in so many different industries.
0: That's what I actually. Uh... I haven't been done as many things, but I've done quite a lot of things. Where when I ask somebody about something, like it's nine times out of ten, like I kind of understand. Even though if I may not have done the exact same thing, but I've done something that I understand sure. where they're coming from. And sure, absolutely, and and your experience in the military is good, a good good example of this. Those people that you meet in every industry
2: along the way are very diverse. so you know I've worked with a ton of white comics in in affluent neighborhoods I've worked with white comics in bad neighborhoods I've worked with black comics and Chinese comics you know Mm -hmm. women men gay straight whatever Jews and Christians and atheists and it doesn't matter I get along with everybody I'll go up in front of a black I was with uh, with Dick Gregory there were 300 people in the room I might have been the only white guy there and mm -hmm. we had a great time you know, he kept calling me boy. <laughs> it's all about your soul.
0: Yeah, that that It's it's all about who you are. Everybody can do that. And I realize right. that right. Uh, it's you have to. You have a certain aura about you where you could just blend in. You going
2: Well, to- I had to. I had to learn that too, though. I had to. I, I mean, I, I didn't. I grew up in a very, very white community, and it was middle class. But it, but it was. You know, we weren't affluent by any stretch. But there were, you know, four hundred and some kids in my in my 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 class, my high school class. Um, I don't know. I think there were four or five of us were blacks. So, and you know, I say us, four yeah. or five of our class were black. Yeah, um, I'm not black. I don't know if you can tell. I'm <laughs> awfully white. <laughs> That's yeah. my my rap name, as a matter of fact, is awfully white.
0: <laughs> hey.
2: But yeah, that was that was just how it was, and I, I I didn't have that experience. And through through the years, I got to work with black people, and I got to know I got to know and understand black culture to the point where when I was in Burkina Faso, West Africa, now I look around and I'm like the only white guy there, <laughs> and they just accepted me. I was just a guy. I wasn't the white guy. I was just Eric. Yeah. And I wasn't over there visiting black people. I was visiting people. And that makes a big difference when that attitude is learned. And it has to be learned.
0: Yeah, because I actually grew up like where I'm from. Gary, Indiana is all black. So I didn't grow up... Oh, man. Yeah,
2: Gary, Indiana. You bet.
0: That's yeah. so Of course my... you
2: were a fan of Michael Jackson. That's the <laughs> Jackson's home.
0: Yep. And now we actually... Uh, well, he didn't go to the high school, but his siblings went to the same high school as I did. Well, not yeah. at the same time. But yeah, so I grew up in only... Uh, white people around was the teachers and there wasn't many of those so but when i went into the military i was the only black guy in a platoon uh of 100 people and they're all white uh maybe a few asian and a few hispanics but i was the only black guy so it was kind of a uh no i won't say it was a, a culture shock because like i said i was always able to blend in no matter what like i that's always been a gift of mine and That's, that is a gift. That's great. So me being in the military, a lot of people where I'm from, they would say, didn't you like experience, like, wasn't it hard for you? Or did you experience racism? Like, that was never the case for me. No matter where I've been, I've never really had to deal with uh, race, even though I know it's out there. But I, the person that I am, like, you're not going to get that out of me. Even if you if a person is uh, have a certain type of beliefs, I'm not mad at you or I'm not going to argue about what you believe in because I have my own beliefs. And we should we shouldn't all have to believe or believe the same thing. We shouldn't all have to think a certain way. So uh, I understand it. And that's why it's probably why I don't get into politics or, or religion is because I have to understand, like, everybody has their own thing you we, we didn't That's all right. come here to be the same person or to have the same and and, and
2: somebody that doesn't believe the same thing i believe is not necessarily wrong if just
0: different exactly and yeah. right. I, I had to learn that because i it was a point in time where i was a christian or i'm i'm not in uh religion anymore but uh i was so i had to understand how they thought and once I, uh, I transitioned into just spirituality, there were people who are spiritual, but they was arguing with the uh, people in religion. I'm like, well, why are you arguing? Why are y'all arguing when everybody has their own life? We're not supposed to just conform, that's right. We're not just supposed to conform to whoever wants us to believe in what they want us to believe.
2: In. I completely agree. Hey, I would like to uh, I'd like to invite your listeners to visit my website. And my uh, my my social media pages, which if I just give you the website, if that's okay, yeah, is, is that all yeah. right if I share that? Yeah, that, it's, it's great. if they go to Eric Thompson and Eric is E R I C. It's Eric Once they get there, they can see the Million Miles, Million Smiles page. There's uh, there's some some uh, testimonials from some folks in Africa and Cuba and Guatemala and all over the world, China. Um, they can, they can see some pictures and videos of, of some of my trips and some experiences that we've had as well as some, uh, some stage time. There's some fun, fun, uh, fun moments to share on videos. There's, uh, I don't know, 30, 40 videos that they can go through. There's also, uh, there's a page on there where they can purchase that video that I talked about earlier of, uh, of the shows that by purchasing that video, they actually support purchasing food for people that are hungry that would otherwise probably starve to death so that's that's on there and uh help however you can help and if you choose not to buy that video and help that way that's okay go 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 to unicef go to um go go to any organization any if your church has a mission group then give you know give five bucks to the missionary um you know whatever you can do just help make somebody else's life a little better
0: and like you said, oh, listeners, if you're listening and you're still here, that's EricThompsonMagic.com. Is that the right uh, Eric Thompson? That's now. correct. Yep.
2: yep. Eric Thompson Magic.
0: So I'm not going to keep you here, but I did have a, qu- a trivia for you. Are you familiar? A trivia. Yeah. Are you familiar <laughs> with Eric Norman Thompson?
2: I am not. Well, he was. Who's Eric act. Norman Thompson? There's a lot of people named Eric Thompson.
0: Yes, and like when I went searching for your name, this guy popped up. Popped up, and he was an actor. And well, he's still alive, but he's the creator, and he starred in a show called The Magic Roundabout. So I thought that oh. was interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You know what I do know him. He is. He is actually. Um, I thought he was deceased, though he is. You know the actress Emma Thompson.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: Emma. That, that's Emma Thompson's father. Ooh. I didn't. I didn't know his middle name was Norman. Um, yeah, I. I know. <laughs> I know that because I know of him only because his name comes up when you search Eric
0: Thompson yeah that's exactly yeah, what happened. he comes up because he, he's much more successful
2: and famous than
0: I and I, I thought it was funny that he created a show called The Magic Roundabout so I'm like oh, yes. yeah and it was in it was in uh,
2: Great Britain
0: yeah. so it was I believe uh, that show
2: was in, in, in England
0: so it was great having you on the podcast it was a great conversation oh Kenneth,
2: the pleasure's mine man this was this was all kind of fun I'd I'd love to come back someday,
0: anytime. Yeah, anytime. Whenever, whenever. (laughs) If you're going out of out the country again, and there's anything coming up, just message me, hit me up. You have my number, so uh, it was great to have the conversation. Uh, I learned a lot, and it was amazing. Thank you again for being here today, Kenneth. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much, and thanks to your listeners for hanging in. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. All right, talk to you later. Thank you.